<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Guys, welcome to Sidework Podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin. Hi, guys. I'm your other host, Andrea Wallace. And joining us, an original OG host and a returning host is our buddy, our friend, you love her, Jocelyn Hughes. Hi. Hi, Jocelyn. Welcome back. We're so glad you're here. Happy holidays. Thank you. Happy holidays. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, my God. What did we I feel so I like I feel like we used to talk about so much. Where do we even begin? How is it? How's life? You know, life is, um, you know, it's about uh, finding peace and joy, I guess, you know. <laughs> or ta- know. Or ta- or we got talking a hot, to, uh, there's a hot eclipse on the rise. I think we were kind of chatty about that, which is fucking I've already everybody. had a very, yeah, I've had a very weird week already with uh, like very weird, harsh interactions with a couple people that I did not enjoy. And I want to stay inside. Um a work interaction and a friend interaction that I didn't appreciate. <clears throat> Damn. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's my first day allow in five us... days and people are coming at me. I don't get it. <laughs> it's, it's weird. Let, let this be your cosmic safe space for sure. Um, <laughs> seriously. I know. Cause I, I read all that, you know, all that hoobie booby, as my mom likes to call astrological stuff, calls it a bunch of hoo ha and hoobie booby. And I'm like, those are words for like genitals and other things, but <laughs> she uses it to refer to mysticism um, or just anything she doesn't like. She's like, cut out that hoobie booby. Yeah, <laughs> just just unlatch that celestial bra and let it all let loose, huh? You're in a safe space. <laughs> uh, but yes, no, all the cosmic energies were supposed to be like weird. And I was supposed to look out, you know, basically, of course, our dear friends friend Susan Miller who Jocelyn and I love to complain about this bitch she's always breaking a finger has a cold has to take care of mother has mother her, died yet no I think so maybe but also her computer or you know it's like she'll be like sorry I'm late with the forecast a tree fell into my house and struck my hands as I wrote Taurus <laughs> she's so I'll, extra I'm still trying to I'm trying to dictate to my assistant who lives in Spain and is you know, on a boat, it's just like this insane. Every time there's like an insane excuse. It's it's pretty. She loves it. She she loves the chaos, right? She, like she's right horny for the power because she knows we're just gonna keep fucking refreshing that page 
until Get it those posts. ad clicks, baby. Yep. We come back every month horny for it. Susan Miller. <laughs> she she said something to the effect for like Scor- Scorpio, you know, that was just like, prepare for your landlords to kick you out of your home. I was like, that's specific. <laughs> I that's really very, yeah, my, my horoscope from her this month was very bad. It was like, everything's terrible. <laughs> you know, your jobs are bad. Your, your relationships are bad. Everything was bad. I don't know. <laughs> but you're fucking blonde. You look great. You're so blonde. You look so, oh my God, I know you used I to get this. I just went for it. You did, but you really do look like Anna Ferris right now. Oh. Really? You're embodying, because you kind of have her like, you know, mid-2000s hair. Because um, <laughs> you're super blonde. And She's still blonde. Out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And that career, still on fire, <laughs> I think. <laughs> she has a podcast. Yes, she does. Um, like smartlessness or Anna Ferris. I think it's unsolicited advice, maybe. Okay. Unqualified. Unqualified. Okay. I was like smartlessness. I think there's a there are so many fucking podcasts. <laughs> a um, lot of them. So many, so many. Um, well, fuck, dude. Want to check? You know, the nuggy's good. The dog is great. Our dog. My son is, is thriving in, yeah. in post pandemic conditions. Yeah. 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 Are you um are you about to be on a little bit of a holiday break from working on shows that are opposed uh, supposedly terrible? No, no, the the shows aren't terrible. We can't say that any there's no bad shows. Everything's great. I just had a there was just a thorny interaction with a Got it. situation. Um as it as it is. That's just part of life, unfortunately. That's this that's this whole podcast is thorny interactions at work. That's the reason for the season. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, normally I'm I'm a freelancer, so I'm on a gig, you know, for a month here, two months there, whatever it is. And usually it's just such a quick there's there's no time for any kind of weird anything. So uh no, I'm I'm very grateful to have work and be working and um I'll be working up until Christmas, and then who knows? I mean, I don't know. Then who Amazing. Knows, then who, maybe, you know what, we get through this eclipse tonight alive. <laughs> we should all take a pledge <laughs> to see each other more. That's what I'm going to vote. Uh, but let's get into some, what is it? Brooke just wrote T-shirts. Well, I listen. Okay, this is we haven't done a pre-shift meeting in a minute, and I just want to remind you with plenty, plenty of lead time. Okay, a year ago, everyone was hurting for cash when we decided we should absolutely sell you merchandise, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. guess what? That merchandise has gone nowhere. Is still, you know, reflective of the podcast. It's a great T-shirt. We're just going to start gently reminding you again that we've got plenty of them and we're hoping everyone's a little more on the up and up. Uh, we're going to feature a reduced price because I'm done giving a shit uh, about how much money we could possibly make off of it. And uh, we'll just be hitting you up on social and getting you the details. But um, clearance sale, side work podcast, holiday clearance sale. Small business up. Saturday. Come and answer with the T-shirts. Small well, suggestion. Well, uh, you could mention that they're cute. They they're are really so cute. cute. 
There's, All three of us are, you know, are featured wearing different sizes, different ways, mm-hmm. looking cute and wonderful. Mm-hmm. I will be reposting to remind, maybe even a new updated photo shoot, whatever it takes. But yes, they're adorable. I love wearing them. Y'all, I think it's a gift that you deserve this season. Yeah, and there's no, there's going to be no delays. We have them in <laughs> hand. It's not like we, they're not coming in on a ship. They're here. They are not at the port of LA. They I are know. In, in hand. My dad was hoarding um, Cheetos, like the puffy kind, not the not the crinkly ones. You know, Cheetos cheese puffs. Yeah. Because he was going to, like, this is like addict behavior. He was hitting local gas stations looking for single serve bags because the grocery store didn't have the usual big bags he liked because they were all clogged up on one of those cargo containers. <laughs> In fucking Huntington Beach or Long Beach. And he's like, well, they're gouging for him. I can't find him anywhere. He's like, so I've been going to all the gas stations around the greater Detroit area to so I can have Cheetos every night. Hi, I'm almost 70-year-old Mark Van Poplin, <laughs> and I need Cheetos. Hey, at least he's got a hobby in retirement. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's more than I can say for my dad. Uh, <laughs> but... I I think with everything clogged up, I've just actually just decided today that I think that my gift uh, to family members is going to be gift cards to local restaurants, I think, to like give back That's to small great. businesses and they obviously can go have a nice meal. Everybody's out and about. But I was trying to think of like other fun ways other than just trying to like, you know, ship something that uh, who knows, guys, lots of stuff. Go have an experience is what I say, you know. That's what I live your it. goddamn life. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe we'll post our T-shirts on Black Friday and make it seem like it's like a real deep discount day. That's why I think Small real... Business Saturday. That's the next day. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do Small Business Saturday then. Mm-hmm. That's better. Or do both. <laughs> or do <laughs> <Right>. both. <laughs> we got to move. A, we got to move about 100 of these bitches. So, uh, you know, just clogging up my garage uh, <laughs> with all this side work podcast merch. So much. Fun. Well, let's jump into some headlines, you guys, Should shall we? we? Um, yeah, yeah. I'll take the first one here. This is an article that's basically the the top hated foods, top dislike foods of Thanksgiving. Uh, I hate the meal. So, I, this one really spoke to me. Somebody mm, get into it. Someone did a survey. Um, and and here we go. Number one being turkey. I just had. I just. <laughs> I just had this discussion with my sister, where I was like, like I don't care about it. <laughs> I, like right there, the fact that I, you know, I don't. Again. I've never been polled about anything in my life ever. So I don't know who people are surveying in general. But for the Thanksgiving survey to come back saying the number one most hated part of the meal is turkey. That really says something about how gross and bad this meal is and that we go crazy and raise turkeys and fucking kill them just so we can like dry them out and serve them to a bunch of angry, ungrateful people on a day that you're supposed to be thankful. <laughs> Thanksgiving, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, all of the title. Oh, actually, beating turkey by about 2%, we have the cranberry sauce, which I think is an. Un, people don't understand it. I think it needs. No, it say. doesn't have a good amount of representation when it comes jellied out of a can, you know? No, it's misunderstood. So it's, it's very maligned, right? When it's um, done well, take, it's so good. I'll take a can of cranberry. I love that shit, man. Uh, give me any kind of. Cranberry sauce. I don't know what's wrong with these people. I it's don't, clearly yeah. the yams with the marshmallows on top. Yeah, man, bad. I'm with, I'm 100 there with you, Jocelyn. I mean, that's just that's pie. 
is what yeah. that is. That's a pie. That's that's the wrong course. You know what I'm saying? It's so gross. I mean, and then just in general too, like the fact that like a bunch of people are are uh, reporting that they also hate pumpkin pie. I'm like, can we just get with the times in general? That like, I get it. You know, every year that goes by, you're like, what the fuck? We're ce- celebrating whitewashed history, mm-hmm, right? That's mm-hmm. been taught to please. And make, you know, people who marauded and stole land from Native Americans this hero story. Um, and I always love to go back and also say, too, like, like the meal didn't even exist. It was totally fabricated way later in the game. Um, people didn't really eat wild fowl. The first Thanksgiving dinner, basically, they were eating deer meat, warm succotash, and fucking river eels. And I am not kidding. <laughs> and and oysters. No Lots of oysters. Oysters, lots of oysters, because that's the food that was available and normalized. Also, that's funny you say that because river eel is like 40% people say it's their least favorite Thanksgiving dish. It's right. It's, it's up here on this fucking Just right serving. under jellied river eel. <laughs> With marshmallows. Um. I grandma's grandma's eel casserole with Campbell's soup, cream of mushroom dressing, real, <laughs> real low score. Um, yeah, it was like it, it was just like the whole thing is like, can we just change? I think it's OK. Like we can say that, yes, there is this historical date that was really problematic for Native Americans. It's also OK to have a holiday where we get together and make time for family and eat together, but the fake history that's attached to it, that's got to go. Sure. I think I haven't associated go. Thanksgiving with like anything like that in years. I don't, I mean, I mean, maybe just the act of participating makes me guilty uh, by association, but well, it's but not, it's not, it's not something I ever think about or would ever just be like, this is why we do it. And this is America. I don't do, you know, it's a lot. <laughs> It's a lot. But here's the thing, right? I'm sure all of you have experienced this, too. It's not that anyone in my family knows what the fuck they're doing or has a strong mission statement. But if you fly in the face of it, they get upset. They're like, hey, why would you even say that? I'm like, well, what are we celebrating? They're like, I don't know. Football and and, and fucking you know, so it's a very weird. I'm sorry. I'm very I hate Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's my we least can favorite. tell. <laughs> It's stressful. You have like one day to make it happen. I don't you know. Think... Then everyone starts shopping and trampling one another. The next, you know, at like three in the morning, well, they line I up. I think the thing about Thanksgiving that people get so upset about is like when you change tradition, right? Because it's this tradition and it's a family thing. And when you go outside that little circle that's been like drawn by like fucking society and you go outside of it, that's when people get uptight, you know? Like I read this article one year that was like how to have the most chill Thanksgiving ever and like don't really cook, take the day really easy, small amount of guests, cook whatever you want. And I've kind of been beating to that drum like ever since, you know, I'm, I, I cannot make it a huge dumb shit day. It has to be small and lovely. If I, I don't, if I had my choice, I would be like, we're all having short ribs and champagne and then we're going to bed. Good night. Bye. You know? So yeah. (laughs) Jossie, have you decided? Are you going to stay and hang with us or are you going to travel? I'm not going to travel because I I was like, Ooh, a train ride. I'm going to take a train and be all, you know, old school about it. Train takes like 10 hours. Oh my God. To go up to San Francisco? Whoa. And it's, 
Yeah, I think it's 75 bucks each way, which is more expensive. Basically, it's a flight. And then the flights were like $250 because it's so last minute. The other thing is I had a limited time. Like I'd have to leave on Wednesday and come back Friday because this is going to sound so stupid, but I booked a haircut like six months ago. <laughs> is it with Jonathan Van Ness? What is going on? <laughs> no, it's with this, this girl who's amazing and like she's high demand now and like you cannot get in to see her. Wow. So good for her. I don't want to, I don't want to lose that. And then I had dinner plans with friends and like, you know, it's there's just a bunch of stuff happening. So uh, I would only be able to go Wednesday to Friday. And uh, as you both know, my lease ended and I was going on an extended vacation to Peru. Mm -hmm. So I <laughs> turned my car in and didn't get another one because I was like, well, I'm leaving. And then I have a friend who's out of town indefinitely because she's taking care of her sick mom. And she said, just borrow my car. So I have her car, but I'm not going to take it to San Francisco. It's not my car. Sure. I don't know it that well. I don't want to put the miles on it. You know, it's just like it's all the ways to go up to San Francisco are not convenient. So I'm I'll... opting to stay here and just party with my friends. Yeah, I think, yeah, all all signs are pointing to Jocelyn eating short ribs and going to sleep with us. I love uh, it. I love it. If we have it our way. <laughs> Well, the next headline, Arby's is making a line of vodka. Um, <laughs> I know, Why? Why not? Why not? Exactly. You can distill I mean, anything. Yeah. I mean, you distill anything these days. I mean, you don't think it's just a PR stunt to get PR? Yeah, of course it is. I mean, Attention. that's part of it, I think. I mean, vodka is made from potatoes anyway, right? I hope this is potato vodka at least. Of course it is. It's potato vodka, and they're doing two. They're doing one vodka that basically has the flavor profile of their curly fries, which they're super famous for, which I'm sort of like, dude, that sounds fucking delicious. Put that in a Bloody Mary if I was going to do that. Okay, right? I, I see that, yeah. I like the savory vodka drinks. I think it tastes like totally. What are shit. other savory vodka drinks besides the Bloody Mary? What else we got? Martinis are pretty. Yeah, dirty martinis. Yeah, I would know? say. All right, all right, all right. Um, and Basically, then the old Thanksgiving dinner vodka drink. They also call it yeah. <laughs> the gravy, gravy and vodka. Gravy and vodka. Oh, yeah. Oh my god. I mean, and here's the thing, Jocelyn. You and I, and let's see. I'm not sure how many years ago this was. We were on the forefront of vodka flavors that didn't exist. We we completely created Chardonnay flavored vodka. Mm. We did um, Chardonnay way back in the day. Yep, called Chardonnay. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, and it was a big joke and a really great show. Uh, absolutely ignored by multiple theaters uh, that gained us zero success. But uh, <laughs> or I notoriety. They also didn't gain us any notoriety. I'd like to to point that out. No, 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 no. And it's, but we also it's, gave it's okay. up on it immediately because I had to move out to L.A. <laughs> for a job. But we were like right in the heart. We really tried. We really tried. And the thing is, it was well written and it is good. And I stand by Chardonnay. And that fucking sketch made me laugh really hard. But like it's like we it's we were sort of like a harbinger for what was to come with all of the different disgusting vodka flavors. And here we are in almost 2022. And Arby's, you know their food, right? Yeah, they've you know got the meats. 
They got the weird <laughs> gelatinous meats, and they're getting in on this vodka game. And Don't they so- call it chip meat? Don't they call that like isn't that what's that chip meat? Chipped beef. I mean, chipped beef. Chipped beef and chipped meat. Like if it really was meat, then yes, they're kind of going after like a Carolina uh, sort of chipped beef. But like, and I maybe it's been debunked since then. But from everything I understood, that the that the meat come is is a gel that comes out of a bag and then it hardens into the roast beef sandwich we know and love. they should mix it with the vodka well i know okay i'm, th- I'm thinking i think it's, i think i'm thinking of budding uh yes. those, those packets of uh, uh meat bits that they slam together and form into a circle shape yes <laughs> Yes, uh, we were also discussing riblets, which is also a thing that people eat, and also one of my favorite words, <laughs> riblet, yeah. giblet, um, also giblet. Such a good one, and and also um, I'm about to get on the Crocs train, and you decorate your Crocs with gibbets. Oh, um, huh. It's okay. What I, happened? A- Why? What happened? Why are you jumping on a, the Crocs train? Um. It's a, like it's a peer pressure thing happening at work right now. Oh, I see. Um, okay. It's a work it's a silly work thing. It's an inside joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've we've had a war against Crocs going. We had some very compelling arguments for Crocs and then kind of had some people be converted in real time and get, gave us feedback and I was just like, "Well, I want a pair of Crocs now." Like that sure. seems like the perfect loafing around the house with some seasonal mood disorder uh, sort of shoe. Yeah, you know? man. They're there. They're there for it if that's what you want, for sure. <laughs> so anyways, while you're wearing your Crocs, uh, just shuffling from room to room. With your Arby's list, French fry martini my, spilling exactly, all over your house. Like, <laughs> yep, like you're spilling your Arby's martini all over your robe, um, which you haven't taken off for days. But I, like... Okay, I just it's like he said, it's a potato based liquor. And then the crinkle and curly fry flavors are basically I mean, they sound really yummy and weird and very kitschy. Uh, November 18th, which is now. okay, sorry, that was yesterday. Um, They dropped yesterday and then they're going to do another additional release on November 22nd. And it's $60 per bottle on the official Arby's site. Yeah, I'm sure Please. if I drank that vodka, I'd have additional releases a lot too. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> guys? Yeah, I know, but you also, I'm like, listen, you tried peanut butter whiskey, and uh, maybe this is my version of, you know. I'm not knocking it. it. I'm just making jokes, you okay. know. I would, I would, I would, I, this is a dare, this is a dare shot. As is I peanut think, butter whiskey, it's all like, I dare you to try this. Like, that's how I feel about this. I think uh, there's a dad who's out there scouring gas stations for Cheetos who would probably enjoy an unsolicited <laughs> bottle of Arby's vodka sent his way. He Good would point. totally get a fucking yeah, kick out of that. You could so. dip your Arby's roast beef into it like a fine au jus. <laughs> I would, I'm going to have some riblets and a nice, just a warm glass neat of some Arby's flavored vodka. Who mix it with eggnog? <laughs> 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 all right all right all right that's enough of all that but i think it's time for us to get into some server submitted stories, stories. that time all 
All right, here we go. Hi, Brooke, Andrea, Brian, and One Star Team. I'm Melissa, and I've sent stories via Instagram before. Anyway, I got a co-workers behaving badly story for you that I've been meaning to send for quite some time. Several months ago at a restaurant where I worked at as a server slash floor manager slash bar manager slash bartender, I wore all the hats as the husband's, uh, the owner's husband used to say. We had a batch of new hire servers and bartenders, a woman in her mid forties, whose most recent job was a film editor. Susan, we'll call her, was one of those new hire bartenders. She seemed nice enough, but uh, then she ended up needing eight days of training because she just couldn't get it. She was, however, super chatty with guests. So much of that she'd, uh, I'm sorry, so much that she'd neglect side work like doing bar dishes. There was something else about her that just felt off. So her first solo bar shift, a lunch, she showed up 50 minutes late. Her second bar shift, a Friday night, she showed up one hour and 45 minutes late, leaving the opening bartender alone behind a full 24-seat bar on a Friday during happy hour. Damn. Luckily, the owner's husband and the GM hopped back there and took care of guests while the bartender ran the service well. I was serving on the floor on this particularly busy Friday night. When Susan finally showed up, she was just a little too happy and aloof. The entire service she was fucking up, forgetting to bring in food, making drinks wrong, pouring the wrong wine, breaking glasses. At one point, she turned to the owner's husband and asked about a goodwill tab. And his response was, why don't we just focus on getting things correctly before we worry about a goodwill tab? The owner's husband also remarked at one point that she seemed drunk. This is a man who always has a glass of wine in his hand and has (laughs) never met a martini he didn't like. (laughs) Around 11 p.m., the opening bartender was leaving and he took the cash tips from the bar, $40, and split it between the two support staff folks who'd been doing the bar dishes all night. Credit card tips go on paychecks at this place. He took none himself. Neither did he give any to Susan. Well, Susan absolutely lost it when she found out there wasn't going to be a cash tip that night. When this happened, she was busy free pouring shots of Fernet for two bar guests she'd been chatting up while the glassware just piled up around her. Oh, my God. Wow. Okay. When I finished my own side work, I stepped back behind the bar and got to work on the literal mountain of glassware that had accumulated at the bar. Susan continued to rant about the cash tips for a solid 30 minutes. And can we pause too? It's like, this was like the guy who was clocking out. She wasn't even like part of his shift. Yeah. Right. She, she abandoned him. Yeah, 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 for sure. She showed up an hour, 45 minutes right. late and then is like, okay. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. She's. Oh, Susan. Okay. Okay. So Susan can continue to rant about the cash tips for a solid 30 minutes. Meanwhile, wiping the same square foot of marble bar top while I cycled through eight loads of glassware. She kept stepping away to use the bathroom and taking her purse with her every time. Oh, Jesus. As I was behind the bar, I noticed a bottle of Fernet was completely empty. Also, a bottle of the Classe Azul, incredibly expensive tequila, was lighter than it should have been. At this point, Susan insisted I stop helping her and that she could handle the rest and close alone. So I left her at the bar and I made my way to the POS terminal to do some investigating of sold items. Detective work, ladies. Not a single Fernet had been ordered all night, nor any Classe Azul. 
I heard her over the bar. I heard her over at the bar singing to herself. <laughs> God damn it. I peeked over and watched her very gingerly, very slowly tearing pieces of plastic wrap to place on top of the bottles in the well. I cannot emphasize enough how slowly she was moving. It was like she was moving through jello. I go back to help her so we can close the bar and all go home as it's now 1.30 a.m. and the restaurant closed at 11. She once again shooed me away, so I went in the office where the closing manager was waiting. He'd already finished the managerial closing duties, and we both started watching the cameras trained on the bar. Susan was doing very strange things like sliding from one side to the other with her arms outstretched and something else that looked like a toddler attempting dance moves. We gave her another 10 minutes to accomplish whatever it was she was doing. And then the two of us told her to go home and we would finish up. She gave pushback, but in a very jovial way, she would not stop talking and was trying to get us to hang out with her after we locked up. It's 2.15 a.m. at this point. We had to physically force her out the door, and then we watched her wander down the streets. I'm going to say just into the darkness. I'm going to add it. Into, into the, the darkness. Into the, into the into a fog. <laughs> we both went back to the bar to rectify all of her nonsense. She had wrapped bitters and bottles in plastic and placed them in a reach-in, but left all the fruit on the counter, <laughs> among other inexplicable things. Manager and I left around 2.45 a.m. We both had conversations the next day with our GM, the owner, and her husband. Susan had drank all the Fernet, had free poured the class of Azul as a bunch of goodwill shots, and was likely on drugs. All this after showing up very late to two shifts in a row. She was fired over the phone the next afternoon. And while being fired, she had the audacity to ask for the other bartender's phone number. Okay. No, I mean, oh, I've known many in a, oh, yeah. Shoot your shot. Shoot your shot, Susan. Oh, my God. She's like, uh, I want to ask your phone number so I can harass you about that $40. Probably. $40. Most likely. I am owed 10 of that, you motherfucker. And that, oh, that'll go on my, that'll go on my tombstone. So now I've known many an alcoholic bartender and in my, in my day, but they always managed to do their damn job. And if they were, even if they were completely hammered and they were smarter about drinking on the job, if the lush owner notices you're intoxicated, you're doing something wrong. Moral of the story, don't inconvenience your coworkers with drinking and drug use. What you do on your own time is none of my business, but you should be able to accomplish your job. And she said, she just, I wanted to give you this long story so you get the full effect, which I very much think we did. Um, yeah. I no longer work at that restaurant. I went back to a much smaller pre-pandemic restaurant. Oh, to my, I'm sorry, my much smaller pre-pandemic restaurant that finally reopened and I'm much happier. Godspeed and good tips, Melissa from Los Angeles. (laughs) Melissa. Oh, my Lord. We've definitely all had that coworker. Yeah. I'm really proud to say I've not been that coworker. I've not been that coworker. No, definitely Never, never. No. I'm just always flabbergasted when I think like an entire like restaurant staff is just like, I don't know what it is. You just watch it happen. And then like that, the, like they get through the shift somehow. No one's ever like, you need to leave right now. Like it just like keeps happening, which I've bared witness to. I think everybody just can't fucking believe what they're seeing. You know what I mean? They're like, surely this person will like just snap out of it and do their job. Are they really so high on cocaine and getting wasted the on the, their second shift ever. 
and they think they're getting away with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I know. And it's it's just, oh, God. I mean, it's it's this, this story. I kind of saved it to, like, segue into how we can all be more mindful and uh, achieve healthier, less substance-addled uh, uh, sort of existences. But, like, goddamn. I think this is, like, a lesson to be, like, I think she was doing, like, a downer with, an, with like, because like, alcohol is a depressant, and it sounds like she was also, like, taking, like, quaaludes or some shit because it's like okay we all know cocaine even though we've never done it what's up high five jocelyn still haven't done it still what if i what if i reported back that during the pandemic i decided to start doing cocaine but yeah (laughs) i'd be impressed i think just at least to be like okay fine checked it off the bucket list did some coke you know um, but in my day, yeah, we didn't have to test Coke before we did it. Oh boy. I know. I know. Which is crazy. We'll get into this too. But like just this whole fucking, uh, it's like, okay, this job allows for so much fuckery. Like it truly does. Mm-hmm. And to some degree or another, some bars and restaurants are going to be more buttoned up and not allow for it. And we know there are plenty, plenty, plenty where what you want to do and how you want to act and where everyone else is fucked up, you're going to blend in. But when you are like moving in slow fucking motion because you took like a shit ton of muscle relaxers and t- drank a whole bottle of Fernet, like you got to know your combo of work drugs, okay? And I I would prefer, obviously I'm not advocating for this, but if you are that person who is at the restaurant or working with someone, it's just like they might need a pep talk to like, you know, adjust their meds. <laughs> to be like, Well, I mean, guys, nobody even knows her. That's the problem. Like this very no, specific I know. story. <laughs> but I get what you mean generally when, yeah, when, when someone but is But like just- imagine, right, that you're like, I'm trying, like, like, at the very least, when you're trying, you know, and obviously we know that this is someone in the throes of addiction and, you know, in a bad place, we get it. And when you're that bad that you don't notice or it doesn't occur to you that while you're trying to get hired for a long term job, you can't even fucking get it together for your first days on the job. Is no, like, it's no good. It's no good. And uh, it's just something we all have to deal with uh at some point when we wait tables uh you know bartend cater what have you we've had so many guests uh really come on over the last three years and talk about either their own personal you know reckoning with it or like how do you have an intervention for a coworker you love blah 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 and uh, we'll get into it in a minute. But you guys, I know that was like a really long server submitted stories section. But look <laughs> it. We're like easing into the into the I have long. I make no apologies. This show just does what it does. The show is who it is. Thank you very much. Uh, but we would love more holiday stories. Uh, anything uh-huh. you want to send us, we will read it. We're gearing up to do more. So send us those emails. Uh, sideworkpod at gmail.com. <laughs> Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, Joss, three years yeah. ago, we all made a podcast together. Yeah. We, yeah. Had a, we had a very, very fun time. And I think this is a really cool uh, sort of anniversary. Did you hit three years alcohol-free? Yeah, already? on the 7th. Cool. I thought it was the seventh. Okay. That's really amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> um, first Hello. we have to like we have to like before we get into that and some other topics in general, um, I have to ask, have there been any weird restaurant service or experiences you've encountered as of late? Um, I went to Bavel, which is this amazing restaurant on Friday. Mm-hmm. And I think it's my favorite place. It's the best food. To me, it's the best food in LA. It is such an amazing dining experience. It's just I have no it's no idea what this is. So Oh, Bavel is like Bavel is like Middle Eastern, like so many different types of hummus, homemade pita. Like it's it's magic. It's a magic place. It's unreal. Yeah, that was really nice. Um, oh, I went to Benny Hanna last week after a shoot because we were in Encino. And um, my friend had never been to Benny Hanna before. And it was fun watching someone go to Benny Hanna for the first time. Um, mm. She was so surprised at how good it was. I'm like, yeah, it's tasty as hell, man. I mean, it's salty. It's like a sodium bomb, but it's really good for what it is. And then, um, you know, after I tried to get some strawberry mochi ice cream and we asked him four times for the, I mean, it was like over a period of an hour and a half that we were like waiting for this ice cream and never came. That was pretty funny. Oh, also... Someone at my, so we, we went did the hibachi and then someone else came and met up with us. So we sat in the bar because, you know, you can't like just, they're not going to like send out a chef to do one person hibachi, you know? Right. So we were sitting in the bar and he ordered sushi and clearly the sushi, sushi chef was on a break. So this manager in a tie goes back to the sushi bar and I just watched him struggle <laughs> for like 25 minutes. He put on gloves and I just watched him like, look around and he'd walk off and he'd ask someone a question. He'd come back. And it was very, very entertaining. That's it. You can't just like jump behind a sushi line. If you don't know what you're doing, man. Like, yeah. (laughs) Very. I I love that you bared witness to that. (laughs) That is like, if there's anything that really does scream how understaffed restaurants are right now is like in the old days, would your manager ever make a sushi roll? You know? do any sort of like, oh, do you want a hand roll or how do you want it? Sashimi. Let me sharpen my sushi knives. Absolutely not. They'd be hiding in the office, but they've got no choice right now. How was managerial sushi? I didn't actually eat it, but my friends seemed to enjoy it just fine. So <laughs> I mean, it's I all just, the flavors. Just, it just might not be presented as nicely as it could have been. The chef eventually came back. But it was fun to, I knew that this guy was the manager and I knew he was like, fuck, I got to make somebody <laughs> order sushi. I don't know. It was very funny. 
That's he's like, oh, I mean, I can't say no that you can't have it. They're looking at all this beautiful fish just laid out right here. And the only thing that stands between them and a roll is me, Darren, the manager. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope he didn't have to do like like those razor thin slices of lemon, like which you both of you like turn me on to like beautiful rolls with like oh, so good. So fucking good. Yeah, I I need I need a good dining experience. I'm ready. I'm, I'm there's there are a lot of fun stuff out there. You just gotta make yourself a reservation because that shit books up real far in advance. Yeah, yeah I just yeah, went I on to uh, Resi or whatever open table, and I just booked a bunch of random mm-hmm. reservations for the next couple months because you gotta get out there. You know, we're the world's opening up, and I want to eat good food. So yeah. It's fun out there. We've had some, we've had a lot of fun lately. And like, I, I just, it's nice to go out to eat and like have a fun server. And like the act of dining is, 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 yeah, I missed it. It's there. It's waiting for I, you, Brooke. I do want to say I went to Katsuya at the Americana. Oh, girl. I've been there with you when I was in the, in the midst of a full blown anxiety disorder. But yeah, anyways. I mean, I love it. Um, but they've definitely done some like cost cutting measures because, they do this broccoli or broccoli um, Brussels sprout thing that we love Renee. My friend Renee has with her. She always gets it. So she ordered the Brussels sprouts and I swear to God to you, there wasn't one whole Brussels sprout. It was all like single leaves of Brussels sprouts. <laughs> it was probably one total Brussels sprout split into 30 leaves that they fried and tossed with stuff. But it used to be actual Brussels sprouts. I mean, it's like, come on, man. This can't be an expensive thing for you guys to get. Brussels sprouts? I mean, they can't be like $30 a pound. Like, but give Again. me some fucking Brussels sprouts, guys. That's because they're coming from Brussels and they're on a ship. That's how it yeah. works. I was going to say, I was going to say, once again, trapped on a shipping container <laughs> in the Pacific Ocean. Oh, boy. We, 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 we all went to fucking Tam O'Shanter's and had a $9, like, fucking yes, ramekin. Brussels fried. Yeah. Brussels I couldn't believe side. that. I was like, that was well, maybe so if expensive. I, I truly, it was, I usually eat an aggressive amount on my own. Right. And I was like, I'm still very hungry. And this was just like $9 worth of, um, it was a dollar a Brussels. It was a dollar yeah. a bite. It was very, if, if very pricey for what it was. And I feel like that is happening in a lot of restaurants. They've just uh-huh. like amped up the prices insane. Yeah. But, um, something like Vavel is worth it. Yeah. I would agree. Okay. Gonna 100%. I mean, in segueing, we'll it. segue into this, but I will say cocktails are $17 now. Yeah. <laughs> and it says, you know, which, like, because you cut alcohol out of your life three years ago, how much have you saved, would you say, over the years? My counter, I have a counter. It, it kind of just, you have to put in like what you drink every day. Mm-hmm. Right. So I didn't know what to say because I wasn't drinking every day and like, Sometimes you'd go and you'd have one drink. Sometimes you'd go and you'd have five drinks. So I said I was having two vodka sodas a day. So that kind of factors in like weekends, buying other people drinks, whatever. And the total right now is $26,809. Whoa. And I, I did start an IRA. I did pay off all my credit card debt um, completely. So my credit score shot up to, to an 
great number. And I uh, I'm, I'm definitely like have a lot of, we all had, if you got, were able, if you were lucky enough to work at all during the pandemic, it was like, you had a lot of extra money because we weren't going out to do stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think that right, coupled right. with the not drinking really was a nice boost for savings and that kind of stuff. Wow, financial. that's amazing. I fucking love that. And, and, and then just a rough estimate, how many Topo Chico's have you drank? Would you say <laughs> also 26,000? So I have to spread this news. Um, Topo Chico I know, I know. is I know, poison. I know. Yeah. Okay. I know. All right. Um, so yeah, the PSA, I, PSA for the listeners. Yeah. Topo Chico has this cancerous, uh, substance in it. And it's like seven times higher than any other beverage. <laughs> On the market. I had so, one last night. <laughs> no, I, so, so I got Spindrift from Costco and Spindrift is fine, but it's not bubbly enough. Mm-hmm. So I've been taking the poison Topo Chico I have left over and combining them to make drinks for myself. Um, is that Haritos like just as poisonous as Topo Chico? I wonder. Which? The Haritos, like the, their, their club soda, like the other bottled club soda mexican club soda no i don't think it is i think it's i think topo chico is the most cancerous <laughs> but in terms like of a- sparkling water i've drank i i've drank more sparkling water than I, the entire state of idaho i'm sure <laughs> beyond the fact that idaho isn't a real place that's so exist. funny i was just thinking about it the other day like thinking about this episode and i was just like how much booze have i drank and i looked out at my swimming pool and i was like more than that <laughs> like yeah. more than a 10 foot swimming pool deep swimming pool for sure i was like a small lake no not that much but it's gotta be a lot you know <laughs> yeah. yeah i try and keep it under my booze intake i try and keep it under a kitty pool a week oh that's, that's fair that's fair i think that's fair you know i think that's fair um that's crazy i do get like so creeped out because like i don't really uh other than alcohol i i'm pretty clean with a lot of the stuff i eat and drink and to find out that topo chico which oh, was so, like, such a bummer like, cause you're just like, what's up with this bubble? This bubble like fucking does stuff to my brain. Mm-hmm. It's so mm-hmm. tight, you know? Mm-hmm. And then to be like, because there's like disastrous chemicals making it, you know, like chemically possible or whatever the fuck is going on there. And like, I went hard on Topo Chico for at least two and a half years. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Real, I, to- real Topo head over here. But even when I, when I was drinking, that was my mixer. I mean, that's the best mixer because it has yeah. the most bubbles. Right. So like it's years and years that have been poisoned slowly. Um, the gold line in Highland Park has a highball machine and whatever mm-hmm. their CO2 ratio is, even just going in and getting a soda water there, Jocelyn, oh. the bubble factor is out of control. So just yeah, heads we, up. We, we just We just did that. Oh, we nice. went. I, I made sure to let her know, you know, I was just like, Andrew just gave me a hot tip with their eyeball machine. Um, did it satisfy well, think, you? Was it, was it up there? Did it, did it? It was okay. good. Good. It was refreshing. That's amazing. Well, I feel like we, we brought up this topic at this point in the podcast. It was probably like very early on, like in our infancy, maybe only five, five months into doing it. Did we really ever uh, tackle the topic of taking care of your mental health 
kind of mixed in with substance abuse in the service industry, you know? It's a great episode, very proud of it, but we've also gained a lot of new listeners since then. And also the world has really evolved uh, when we think about it, you know? We didn't know what was about to hit us, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so, so, uh, socially and, you know, in, in terms of the world shutting down and what have you. And so I thought it would be like a cool... Uh, pep talk, I suppose, if nothing else, to give everyone, you know, ideas and thoughts on how we can all be mindful and examine our own use. And like you specifically, you know, I, I think it's important to use the word you're alcohol free. Um, you're not sober. Like it wasn't right. like a, you had to go into recovery uh, situation. You just decided I, I want to cut this out of my life because like, what are the, you know, <laughs> like, Let's see what life could be like without it. And it's it's actually been a beaut from everything I've witnessed. Like you're kind of hashtag no regrets. Yeah, and it, it was a slow decision. I mean, I started mm-hmm. uh, with it started being like I want to take a break. I felt like a raisin. I felt old. I felt yeah. uh, like it just my body was like I don't want this. And so then it was beginning of November, and I was like, well, I'm gonna go home for Christmas. Let's see if I can do that and not drink. And um, my family is not a family that drinks and gets into fights. We drink and have fun. But, like, Mm -hmm. there's nothing too insane happening where you're like, these people have a problem. Um, But it is definitely part of the family hanging out element. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I went home. I did that. I I did rely on... uh, um, pot gummies at this point. So I am not like a AA story. I, I never, I tried AA once, like after like a year or two in, I went to one AA meeting and, and it was not for me. Um, it was very extreme. It was, um, I was going cause I wanted to meet more people that didn't drink. And, right. and, you know, at first it's like, it's very hard because you're upending your social life depending on how much you drink and how much, you know, for me, it was upending my social life. So it was like, oh, how does this work? And, you know, I think all of my friendships had to kind of adjust all, you know, dating had to adjust. Um, Being home for the holidays had to adjust. And in the end, yeah, that I, my body still doesn't want it. I still don't want it. And at this point, I'm so used to it. It, it, but if you told me three years ago, you're going to stop drinking, I'd be like, what are you talking about? Well, because right. What I was going to sort of say too, which is such an interesting thing. Right. And like, so like, not only for you who, you know, you've been on a path of like writing creatively for TV, for, you know, like an assortment of different productions in the entertainment world. Right. And so like, you've been out of the actual service industry too, where it's like uh, when you're in the service industry, that can be seem like a thing that's never going to happen until someone literally sits you down and reads you the letter and says you have to go get on the plane because you're so surrounded by it. It's how you make money. It's the culture that you're living in. And you start asking yourself, like, you know, do I have to just quit this uh, profession altogether or like, do I just kind of like weather the storm till something else? Because I know that that is just like a thing that sucks people in, drags them down. Absolutely the most turned up I've ever been in my life 
was like a summer working with professional New York City alcoholics. Mm -hmm. Um, And I looked it, you know, like I looked it and I'm someone who absolutely uh, loves a drink, has, you know, fun doing it, has questioned her own, you know, relationship with alcohol over the years. But I can hands down say the summer of 2009, I was just like, I'm on a very bad path and I don't think I can work here. Yeah, yeah. Because it was like, it was too fun and too easy. And you're also like, when you're younger in some ways too, you're like, oh, there are no consequences. And I was like starting to see consequences. Oh, for sure. Especially, yeah. uh, And being young, I always remember like the seasoned older servers in their 40s who were just like, eh, it, it, like them getting wild was maybe they'll have their shift drink, but every night just being like, I'm packing it in and I'm going home. Good night. Yeah. And I was always like respected the shit out of them. You know, you're like, how do you do it? Mm -hmm. Cause I'm trying to burn it down. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, mean, it's the same, it's the same vibe as when I was 25 in the New York comedy scene. And I was like, where are these funny ass female comics going? They get older and they go away. And it's like, well, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's not, there's a going away for a reason, you know, mm-hmm. it's not it's built really- for every, you know, you don't always want to stay in that mindset after you hit a certain age or you've had enough of something or there's so many different elements. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, and too, and it's, it's like knowing where you're, I think the, the the greater point too is like we're not here to either today like we're, I think it's just an honest and interesting conversation just because I'm like very proud and inspired of you just to watch uh just what I think like a big thing is like um I feel like you've gotten a lot back and I realize you know like because alcohol takes time money resources it's this whole like hamster wheel when you're in a really abusive relationship with it mm-hmm. and so sometimes just cutting it out you're suddenly like oh my god like because when I'll like moderate be sober whatever you have this really embarrassing realization like for me too that I'm like I'm usually dedicating hours of my evening to the pursuit of drinking and when you get that back it's a very, um, let's just say honest talk and realization you have with yourself where you're like, I could be doing so much more with my life. But you also have to face who you are without it. And and you have to face who you are at a party without it. And you have to face who you are at a concert without it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like you have to do that. And it's not easy. And I'm not like trying to act like I'm some hero for doing it, but Oh my God, but, it, has, but honestly, it has given me a lot back and, and you're right. And I think, um, you know, the big fear is like, will I still be the same person? Will people still like me? And what you're asking is just at the base, are people still going to like you? Like imagine, yes. like if you really peel that apart, you're just asking if people are still going to like you for being who you are. And that's like right. so fucked up because who you are isn't who you are drunk. Who you are is who you are sober. So like mm-hmm. you're you're just basically terrified of being yourself is what it boils down to. And there's this there's this woman, there's a couple of them. There's Holly Whittaker's amazing. And there's another woman named um, Amanda K something. I'm sorry, I can't remember her name, but um, I'll send it to you guys if you want a link. She wrote this amazing article I stumbled upon that was like, um, you're so scared of being boring when you stop drinking. And I, I am, I still am a little bit like you, it's worn off the last couple months. And this article actually really, really, really helped. 
But she, her point is the whole reason we start drinking is because we're bored. Right. Because it right. makes it quote makes things more interesting or makes things more fun or makes things better. That's why you drink in the first place. And it's like, yeah, that's not what life's about, man. Like we didn't get put on this planet to be not paying attention. We didn't get put on this planet to be in another altered state that hurts our bodies. And like, you know, for women, it's really, really bad for us, for our, our hormonal systems and for our, just like, it's terrible what it does to our bodies. And that's not, we're, we're not supposed to be unconscious in this. We're here to be aware and be there for each other. And like, I feel like our culture has, has made alcohol use so normal that when you don't drink, you're a fucking freak. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I'm that's... a fucking freak, man. And, and to be honest, like this is where I get a little like soapboxy where I'm like, no, I am going to be the different one. Cause I feel fucking cool that I'm not like everybody. Like to me, it's like, you know, and I love, I, I love everybody. Uh, regardless if they drink or not, you know, most people in my life drink. I don't, I'm not, I don't have a vendetta, vendetta against drinking, but I do find it upsetting that the culture accepts it so much and it's so normal. And like most of our social activities revolve around it. Yeah. Yeah. And I get what you mean about like, what I, I feel like obviously when you start drinking when you're young or you're in a new scene, it is a form of rebellion. It's something new that you've discovered. Right. Yeah. And, 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 but yeah, how long can it serve you and how like, you know, like you said, detrimental can it be to you like physically or, you know, um, health wise and even bringing up like women drinking can put you in fucking physical danger because you're in a bar and you're drunk and bad, you know, bad things can, bad things can happen. I think, you know, talking more about the service industry, it's like, I think what we don't really ever talk about is like, it's your job. This is your job where you make money, a professional place. Mm -hmm. Like I've never, and, and I have gone hard with coworkers and other, you know, like being an esthetician, but never as hard as the service industry. Right. Like, you know, I feel like, and I think everybody cuts loose after work with their coworkers and that's what they do. You go to the bar, it's fucking happy hour. Whereas like in the service industry, I don't know, it's because it's so chaotic and then you just have to go burn it all off and get wasted together. There's so much surrounding it. Yeah. And I mean, and that's also like, you know, you want to be, it's a community, right? And you want to be part of the cool group and the community that hangs out and bonds together. Cause you've all just been traumatized for seven hours or whatever. Right. So you're like bonding and cooling off, you know, blowing off steam and, and just kind of relaxing with alcohol. Um, when I used to wait tables way, way, way back in the day, you close the restaurant and you keep drinking. It wasn't, yep. this isn't some casual, it's a party. It's yeah, like, we're going out till two, if not 4am every night of the week. Like, that's and there were people that did just go home because, you know, I mean, personally, I think I've just finally let myself get to know who I actually am over the last few years without drinking because it's such an easy mask to put on, you know, the party person who drinks and has a good time and is always down for another drink or down. Right. Cause I think what I get addicted to, and I'm sure you do too. I'm not, and I'm not cutting in, but like you just said something that was just like, Oh my God, like you can be the girl who buys everyone a drink and engenders people liking them. Yes. There's so, there's so much around it socially that like, I never had the confidence and the self-worth to say, 
I like who I am and I don't need to go and do this bonding thing. Like I can just go home and because I'd rather go to sleep. That being said, I didn't, I always had fun. Like I, it's not like I was like, I hate this. Like I loved it and had a good time. I just know any better. And I, I don't think I ever knew myself enough to like, you know, you're, you're in twenties. You're not like, Oh, I need to get a good night's rest. You know, nobody cares. Everything's like, and especially too, like when we're all like pursuing comedy and when you're like a flawed human making mistakes, you're like, oh my God, this is great material. And your your life kind of accidentally, for me, like accidentally becomes, uh, instead of just writing jokes, like I'm like, my life kind of is a joke and it's by my own design, like the fucking antics or the problems I keep facing or what have you. Yeah. And it, it is like, it is many times like a reckoning with like, hey, I want jobs. I want to do better. And when I'm service industry with the added fucking gasoline of um, the nervousness and social anxiety of navigating uh, comedy, you know, you're like, I, I, I got to figure something out because I can't show up to a job that would elevate my whole fucking career acting like someone who closed a 4 a.m. bar, mm-hmm. you know? And so right. it's like, it's, it's, it was really wild. I absolutely remember, um, the wake up call, uh, of being like, wow, like I've managed to buckle down and impress people despite, you know, and again, and I think we can all give ourselves credit too, is like, while we only had the serving jobs, right. I absolutely had a bit of a renaissance where I was just like, I am going to leave, you know, and I'm maybe going to choose like one to two nights, you know, getting totally crazy with my coworkers because I think I'm possibly going to get somewhere. And if I don't go home, I'm not going to write the thing with a clear head that might book me for something or get me a job. And, and so with no promise of that, you know, you often have to play these games of like, I, like, I can't do this. I can't live in this crazy trap. And then you do get the job and then you are like, welcome to adult world where like no one drinks till 4 a.m. and no goes to their nine to five. No. But that's the so other thing I, too. It's like everybody's, you know, for the most part, it's like the professional servers are doing their thing and like they might have drink, but they're going home. Mm-hmm. The people yes, that are like in their twenties and they're doing this for rent money while they pursue something else, like you always have like an evolve. It's an ever changing cast of characters. So every night you have a different staff with different circumstances. So it's mm-hmm. like there's usually always someone rare, rare to go. No, I know. And like, if you're, yeah, I was going to say, if you're in that phase of your life, you're the person looking for them. You're looking for your trouble. What's funny, Brooke, is when you said you get the wake up call, I thought you meant like, because you're late for your shift because you've been out drinking all night. (laughs) But that's, that's. (laughs) Which is very real. (laughs) That's the, that's the service industry wake up call. And then there's like the, do I want to be an adult and not. But, necessarily. you know, there's still other sides of it along, you know, yeah. apart from the service industry, just because you're not out till 4 a.m. doesn't mean you're not going out with your coworkers and getting wasted at happy hour and then you're wasted by 8 p.m. and then you're oh. in bed because I, I feel like it's just you just clock in at a different time. 
you know, it's a it can be an abusive as we know, like, you know, it can be the high pressure, uh, like like we're all day traders or whatever. And so we're yeah, I mean, five. The difference is with servers, you're already there. You're right exactly. there. Exactly. You're you're, <laughs> you're you've got fueling... a bar full of stuff. Yes. They're, they're you're usually there. giving you a drink, at least yeah, you know, back when I did it, it was always you get drinks for free. And like it I totally get what you're saying, but it's so much more of an acceptable part of restaurant culture, in my opinion, versus mm-hmm. like an office. Oh, an for office, sure. you'd be like, whoa, Brooks had a two She's acting crazy. And and I'll I'll tell you what, you know, me like talk about like, oh, well, I have social anxiety because I'm trying to fit in with comedians. So like I'm gonna drink so I can like loosen up and hang hang around also realize when you do get the office job that you're like okay I have social anxiety around adults who work in offices so I'm gonna fucking clean it up because when I show up disheveled looking like shit feeling like shit like that just didn't last very long Mm -mm. you know (laughs) and I think one time you know one time the worst time and, and of course, because like whatever, it happens to everyone. It didn't just happen to me. People who do have day jobs have wild nights, make mistakes or whatever. But, you know, it was especially hard to resist temptation when you're like, well, I have to fucking, you know, be to work every morning at 930 up at the, you know, Time Warner Center at the Turner Building or whatever. Uh, and we just did 50 first jokes last night. And I got booked on this like coveted fucking show in New York City where it's like, you know, you get treated like, and you know, and it's like, I went hard and paid the price the next day. And office culture is not set up for you to discreetly barf anywhere. Um, Mm. There are a lot of, there are a lot of lanyards and key codes and clearance. And, you know, there's just, there's no, there's no disgusting little bathroom in the lobby of these, you know, and so you're just like, dude, I'm not. Yeah, I just I just can't, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with and like if we're all like lucky to be able to evolve like through it and like move like to this new version of ourselves. Jocelyn is this new version of herself who doesn't drink. You and I are like don't drink as much. You know, I I make it I'm- I make it a strict point to like not drink if I have to work the next day. You know, like there's. And a lot of us aren't that lucky. There are people who do need to, you know, get treatment and get help. But I think it's just it's just that there's more out there to just getting wasted, I think, is what we're saying. You know, exactly. And also there's like there's absolutely no shame. Like if, you know, I am as I've learned more because I'm I'm interested in who I am. Right. I'm interested. I've always been curious. I, I try and do the work and I've approached uh, personally. And if this resounds with anyone. I'm always dancing around like, hey, you know, if it, like I, I've always suffered from uh, like binge eating disorder. I overdo everything. And while I'm not a big overeater anymore, I've kind of recognized I'm like, oh, wow, like the disorder, um, it, it kind of like creepily re like um, represents itself again as like, a, OK, so you don't eat a lot anymore and you're not sneak eating anymore and not hiding food and whatever I'm like this behavior kind of remanifested itself in me as someone who then like drinks more than they should you know and as I talk to people and try and get to know that like it's not even just something where you're like uh because I identify it which I find really helpful 
some people need absolute sobriety and they need rehabilitation and that's going to be their path forward. That's absolutely one of the ways I've realized. I'm like, I kind of have something in the realm of what now people are uh, describing as like alcohol use disorder, right? Where it's like, I actually put some of my emotional eating um, into it and sort of like my binging, like I have a binging personality and a binging and it, and it comes down to mindfulness just in general to be like, you're just kind of mindlessly doing things. And so when I get more locked into who I am, what I want and align with it and kind of recognize, uh, that like, you know, I spent a couple of years being really lost, you know, being like, I'm not sure what I'm doing. I don't have a job. Like, I feel like I have no rules, whatever. And I'll notice that like a lot of my sort of like uh, self-sabotage tendencies and or bit like, and then I was like home too. And like, I was like, fuck, oh my God, my mom's a sneak eater. She's a binge eater. She just like, she taught me everything I know. And even though, you know, and so it's it's a weird thing. I think there are a lot of ways to get to know why and how you've used alcohol, especially when you also are like, we just got through a pandemic who Jocelyn got through it dead sober, which is like cool as fuck, you know? Yes. It's really, really a testament, you know? And then, but I think for anyone to be curious and figure out why, if you feel like you're uncomfortable um, with why you're using it per se or doing too much, I feel like um, I personally stumbled on to communities like Monument or some other places that like really help you figure out that it's not just this stupid linear thing where it's just like you're a loser who you're going to be addicted for life. And so it's abstinence or none. Or you can kind of do the work and kind of be like, am I just like not mindful, mm-hmm. you know, in some ways and need to take a break and whatever. So it's been really interesting because I was always really scared to ever set a foot uh dip a toe into the AA or rehab waters Mm -hmm. because I was like I just don't think I'm there and so but but I needed but like I personally was like I could use help and support you know and I do think there are really cool things that are now recognizing how people use alcohol as like fucking coping mechanisms well sure man for that's yeah absolutely that's so there's that holly who i mentioned earlier she's just holly on instagram but holly would take her she wrote a book called uh i think quit like a woman Mm -hmm. and oh i know i think you shared it with me i I actually would love to read that one great book and it just dives into you know society's relationship with alcohol and just kind of how we like anyone that quits drinking quits because they were an alcoholic and it's a big problem. And it's like, that's, it's such a blanket term and it's so unfair. Mm-hmm. Like I'll meet people who ask about the drinking and it's like, I don't drink. Oh, are you an AA? It's like always the next step because that's how normalized alcohol is in our culture is like, you're either fun and you drink or you're a sloppy alcoholic who lost their family. And you know, like, <laughs> whatever got kicked out right, like i bur- like i burned down a city and right. and like i was ordered to go to aa i mean so. the suffragette movement was like really parallel with the prohibition movement yeah like at the time a lot of these women were not only fighting for their rights but their fucking lives because you know we They're talked about it in our three by men who because hard liquor was introduced yeah. Which we talked about in our three part cocktail history. It's like, yeah, they were just like, fucking help us. We're like, our people are, we're being abandoned. And like, yeah, it's insane. So it's, 
it's a lot just to like take a hard look at it. I mean, you know, and we all know that like alcohol, any alcohol, cigarettes, all this shit, you know, I just, I've been watching fucking dope sick, which is insane. If you guys haven't watched it, I might start tonight. It's insane. But just everybody, (laughs) all these regulated fucking forms of, you know, like inebriation are, they want you to buy into it. So it's, it's easy. Like, look into yourself. Like, I just feel like, you know, feel your body. Like Jocelyn said, like, is it? Yeah, check in, check in. Mm -hmm. Feel your body, check in, be like, who am I? And who do I want to like authentically put out there? I think, you know, like the thing that makes me most sad when I look at when I've been my most just like checked out and using alcohol as, you know, just like a, I'm scared of life or whatever you know, when I'm clear of it, when I'm in a good place, like it, it's really hard to look at the fact that like you're dulling your own shine a lot of the time, mm-hmm. you know, it's a good way to you, look at it. Mm-hmm. And you're fearful of what you could do, you know, given more opportunities to not be sort of stuck in, um, a narrative that like, Oh, well, I mean, everyone does this big deal. You know, and, and meanwhile, I've, I've absolutely it's it's not that I have any issue with being um, uh, considered like a sober person down the road or someone more mindful. I just am also like I'm picturing myself as California sober, as they call it, mm-hmm. which is <laughs> someone who enjoys weed as I keep learning so much more about how medicinal marijuana can really be for people and like getting to talk to addiction counselors who are major advocates for like, if it takes CBD to calm your nervous system down after you've decided to step away from like cocaine and alcohol or whatever, because your body's going, what the fuck? I only know how to function on this, you know? Um, Which is probably you, I would say comparative to someone who quits heroin and has to be on the methadone, right? Mm -hmm. That, Methadone's gross and only has, you know, I'm sure it's not great for you long term. Whereas it's just some like people have to be out for the rest of their lives because they can't function without it. And that's just the right. Those, these are the sad facts. Right. Because it, um, it, it changes your fucking brain. We'll talk. Watch. Let's. Oh, sure. sure. Yeah. Yes, we'll, we'll, yes. <laughs> but I, I think the really cool thing is like with hopeful reform coming for cannabis, even if you don't want to um, get high or feel a psychoactive effect is that like CBD other things you can derive from the plant can like really maybe give you a little bit of that relief that you're sort of looking for when you're anxious Mm -hmm. in a social situation, all this stuff. And it feels like this uh, revelation where for me, I've only felt like, well, if I ever am looking for a bit of a refuge, like I feel like alcohol is the only thing I'm ever going to do because I don't abuse other things Mm -hmm. and I'm fucking tired of it, you know? And uh, to be like, oh, cool, like a tincture of CBD could uh, ease some aches and pains in my body. Or if I just want to be goofy and feel like I'm a little out of my own head or out of my own way every once in a while, like getting a little bit like fucking high and giggly is like it's wonderful, you know? Yeah, it's just the I think another marijuana the way that like society is like shunned and like a bad light upon all this, you know, non-regulated shit. Like I even talking to my mom about like microdosing in the desert. I think she's just like, well, what? What what (laughs) you know? And I got it. It's like the road untraveled for her first and foremost. But it's like, I'm just like, let's just it's not going to do much. Let's just have another experience. You know, like you can go back to your fucking Costco wine after it's done. You know, (laughs) 
Um, but I don't know. For sure. Yeah, I'm not super sober, but it, it is really interesting. It, this has been a really interesting talk. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're having it, guys. Yeah. Um, any parting tips, tricks, sort of thoughts on someone who wants to basically uh, check their relationship with alcohol or step away from it? Any important stuff to know right out of the bat, right out of the gates? Um, I would say it's, you got to know it's it's not going to be easy. It's not just some quick transition. Right. Um, it's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to try to go out with your friends and be like, these bitches are loud as fuck. I hate this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and go home. Drunk people are very loud, turns out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's give yourself grace. If, if you drink one day, it's okay. You know, we don't have to have some running ticker of like, oh, I lasted this long. Like being conscious of it is such a huge first step that, that you got to congratulate yourself for even looking into it, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, just check in with your body and, and your body is feeling like, let's say you're at a party, your body is feeling uncomfortable. It's feeling uncomfortable for a reason. You know, like my whole life, I thought I was this huge extrovert. And now I'm like, I don't know that I was ever an extrovert. I think I was just <laughs> drunk. Like, I think I might actually be an introvert. Um, a little bit of one. I could be wrong. I don't know. I mean, I'm going through the weirdest phase of my life of all time. But, you know, like, <laughs> just just give yourself grace to, like, mess up or, like, think different things. And, you know, the coolest thing you can do is, I was so adamantly like, I'll never date anybody who's, who doesn't drink. That's so weird. I'd be so uncomfortable. And now I'm that person. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now I'm that so person. Funny. So, yeah. so know that it's cool to like flip perspective and, and try something different and see how your body feels. But yeah, like on Reddit, there's a bunch of subreddits that are really helpful. There's sober fitness. There's sober. There's stop drinking, stop drinking. I think maybe it's stop drinking fitness, but they're all out there. And, you know, there's people that are like frustrated, like, man, like my first thing was like, when am I going to lose weight? Like, I want to lose weight. I stopped <laughs> drinking. I should lose weight. And and that didn't happen for me for like a year and a half when I went on that crazy SIBO diet. And uh-huh. that was for other reasons. But like, it's not about losing weight. It's not about, it's about making yourself healthier and being more conscious and aware being present, being, being present for yeah. your life, you know? Yeah. And that's like a choice I'm trying to make in every aspect of my life. And it's, it has really, really been great. So while I'm it is sure hard, yeah. I highly recommend it. And I can't tell you how nice it is to like realize like who well, your perception of somebody is exactly your perception of them when you don't have <laughs> alcohol. Like, you know, they're not going to be like, think you're not going to think they're super funny. And then you're like, Oh no, this person sucks. So that just happens because you're drinking. (laughs) (laughs) You don't get, you don't get fear goggles. People don't get like, you know, you're not like, Oh, that guy was so hot. And then the next day you're like, ew. Yeah, no, it's, it's, they're hot. They're hot. Cause you were there. (laughs) (laughs) You showed up, you showed up for it. Plus you can save 25 grand, you know, there you go. There you go. And that doesn't um, even include like the burgers you buy when you're drunk, you 
Yeah, you well, that you like didn't account drunk food for it. That's very interesting. Drunk food and then hangover disaster uh, maintenance. And you know, account for when- inflation at the same yep. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Inflation. Because as we all know, like when you're hungover, there's no money you won't spend to make it go away. Yeah. Right. Not to mention like Lyfts and Ubers because you are drunk and can't drive. Jossie loves to Jossie loves to be a sober safe ride. She's like, I love driving. Love oh, it's being in so control. convenient. Also, because I moved wonderful. To, I moved to a new spot that has a parking place, so I can like leave my apartment and I don't have to worry about finding a parking spot that's a mile away from my apartment. I could park oh, in my spot. That's amazing. So I'm happy to drive all the time because also it's like, yeah, whatever. Happy to drive. <laughs> no consequences. Like, go ahead. But it's safe. The breathalyzer. Yeah. Go go ahead. Test my blood alcohol content. You know. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy. Dude. I got pulled over. Here, I'm fine. I still sober or er, sober. Stone cold sober. I still couldn't say the alphabet backwards. Like, sorry. <laughs> like, I'm so I'm sober, but I'm also dyslexic. You know, I don't even think you have to be dyslexic to do it. Just I can't. I have to like sit and really think about it. Oh, and then and then you're yeah, they're like and also walk backwards on this line while you're touching your nose and we've got guns pointed at you because we're cops and we're horrible. Anyways. Oh boy, oh boy. Bad cops. Jocelyn, I love you. I love love you. Thanks for dropping dropping that hot knowledge and sharing your I think really awesome uh just personal growth and experiences and uh, it's inspiring. It's awesome. Yeah, Thanks. absolutely. You guys again send those server submitted stories if you have anything that you were inspired by today, you know, like if anything hits you, are you like working through drinking less? Are you like working sober as a server? Please share your stories with us if you if you like. We we would love to hear them. Uh, and you know, Brooke, what we say at the end of every episode, we say so does so does Josh. Godspeed and good job. Oh yeah, we did it. <laughs> See you guys later. I remember.